Blog Talk Radio. Are you kidding me? I uploaded our audio. <laughs> oh, man. I can't believe it. I was so excited because I re-uploaded our audio. And without further ado, here we have Richard Flint and Dr. Duff Carlin on No Apologies Ever on Blog Talk Radio. Without a hesitation, here they are, <laughs> your hosts. Gosh darn it. I tell you what, I'm in the I'm in the technology ozone ethers today. And the last the last couple of days. What's that about? Well, really great thinking, and I love that. And that's how I'm used to living my life. But right now, it's it's seemingly more complicated than that because trying to get somebody out to do what I need to have done is impossible. You know? Do you think the world's going to come back and we can call people up and have them come over to do things? (laughs) Just in the nick of time. Oh, brother. So here's here's what what I was thinking about in terms of our show today. It's what what is it that you're doing? What are, what are people doing with their life? What's going on out here? What do you think people are doing with their life right now? You're having these seminars and and we're both seeing private clients and working with different people and different organizations. What's your take, Sir Flint? And what are people doing right now? Yeah. Oh. Right. I know. Yeah, right. Extremely. As a matter of fact, I had a call this morning from with a with a client, and she she's in a job that she's not really wild about. She's just kind of there, going through the motions, you know. And it'll it'll never really be a point of comfort for her and real challenge the way that she enjoys, you know. And so she's trying to figure out what are the options. So when you look around right now at what are the options, you have to be really open and really creative. Yeah, because it, everything right now, 
and for the foreseeable future is pretty intimidating in terms of every aspect of it. Although, you know what, I have to say, um, I haven't wanted to do flights. And you and I talked about this recently because you've taken a few flights and I had a meeting across the country and I didn't really want to fly and I was thinking about driving and I thought, I don't want to drive. I don't want to, I don't want to do, I love car trips, but you know, there's some that are okay and others that are less okay. So I didn't want to do that. So I really had to wrap my mind around the idea that I was going to fly, but I really felt intimidated with the stories on the news about, you know, people getting thrown off the airplane and, you know, if you don't do this, that, and the other thing, if you, if you sneeze, they think you've got this virus. And I thought, you know, I can't, I can't allow my mind to be a runaway dog with all these stories that I'm making up in my head about the what ifs. And so I had to settle down, got my ticket, booked the arrangements, did everything I needed to do. And it was fine. Flight attendants were fine. The people were fine. And you know what they started to do? Board from the back of the plane. I've been saying that for years. Why is it that they always board from the front of the plane? I mean, if you want to see first class, okay, great. Let first class on. But then, you know, board from the back of the plane. Otherwise, people are just standing there. <laughs> you know, you're sitting and you got their fanny right there by your face. And who thought of that idea? Really? Really? Holy cow, wait a second. For how many people? Oh, Richard, wow. No, you're not rusty. Now, hang on a second. The timing on stage is knowing your material, you know your material, and reading your audience, and you read an audience really well. You'll be great. What's your topic? Oh, corporate office. I mean, corporate audience or organizational association. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which I find disturbing. I really do. I mean, give it to me straight. You really believe that this virus is deadly and you really want people to social distance and you really want people to mask or you don't? You mean really, seriously, you can take it down some of the time, not other times. You have to stay away. No, you can squish together. And by the way, squish together and take your mask on and off in an air-concealed, you know, no fresh air to speak of, container. Give me a break. I always keep the fan blown, you know, I reach up, make it all happen. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. 
not going to die on this plane. So, you know, the flight attendants seem happy. Hotel owners and, and managers seem reasonably happy. Restaurants are opening back up. The governor in Illinois said when as 50 or 40 or 50 or 60 percent of the population is officially vaccinated, he'll entirely open everything back up. And I'm thinking, okay, I don't get it. I don't know where it is people are getting their information or their ideas from. There's so many inconsistencies. So when people are trying to figure out what they're doing, it's really, it's an enormous question mark. What are people doing? What are you doing? Why do people think that those shots are safe when you have to sign a form that says, I understand that there's no liability for the creator of this injectable, no matter what it is that happens to me, they're off the hook? Well... There's exceptions. I mean, there are people who, for a whole variety of reasons, are not injectable. Religious, health, whatever. So why why is it that people are wanting to get these vaccinations, these what are actually not vaccinations, they're pharmaceutical experiments, but why are people doing that when you still have to mask and social distance and you can still get the virus and you can still spread the virus and if you've had the virus once, you can still get it again? Why do people want to do the vaccination? I don't understand. So why do it? Oh. So you bought two? You bought in? Ah. <laughs> really, I think the I think I actually you know it's really interesting because in in direct contrast to that there are movements taking place around the planet that are really powerful that are saying stop it stop everything with this with this virus stop the vaccination story stop the masking story, stop the social distancing story. And people are putting their foot down and saying, no, we're not doing this. And yes, yeah, yeah. Oxygen and breathing in the carbon dioxide. Yeah. Well, I can tell you my worst part of my trip was I – could not sustain wearing that that mask. And I've got just a one layer, very thin fabric that I, I, I cleanse. I have essential oils on. I put eucalyptus and tea tree oil on there, so I'm at least getting something that's healthy. But I could not, um, I, was, I, was, I was short of breath. I had to, I had to just stand because I'm not getting enough oxygen. And it's insane. And, if, you know, huh? Now, I'm talking about the walk from the, when you get from the curb out to your gate. <laughs> Two days. 
do. Not in some way. They restrict your breathing. No, I put it like right at the edge. Or I, I figured out a way to make it a poof in, inside so that I get it air in from the side. It's just so stupid. I mean, excuse me for saying that. I don't want to get sent to jail for saying these things. But I'm concerned about the health of people. I'm concerned about my own health, first and foremost. But I'm concerned about the health of people. Because when you when you are confining, when you are constricting your, your ability to take in oxygen, you're deoxygenating your body. You're increasing your heart rate because you, your heart is having to work harder because you're not getting enough oxygen and oxygen-rich blood to support your whole body. It's terrible. Well, the people who I'm really worried about are the people who are wearing it for 8 and 10 and 12 hours a day. You know, they're going to have oral issues. I've seen some skin issues come up, um, esophageal, respiratory. And, 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 you know, the thing is, think about how many times we've heard the World Health Organization, CDC, Dr. Fauci, various governors, uh, people in Congress giving their perspective of what they're calling the science, and I'm thinking it doesn't sound consistent. Some way to put it. What do you think is going to happen in New York? Yeah. 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 Devastating. Yeah, I think that I agree. I agree with that. There's so much, you know, there's there's such a ruckus about everybody and nobody. You know, I like the saying, let let the person with the with with no sins cast the first stone. Everybody's got stuff. What does that mean? Oh, yeah. It is a trend. Oh, you mean Brett Thomas? No. Oh, Kavanaugh, right. Yes. It's it 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 was it was really you know, when I see things like that happening, you know, if you're gonna play a political game, can you please think about the implications? across the nation, across the generations, and for the lineage of our great nation. People are looking at it very short-sighted. I want this guy out because I want this guy in. But wait a second. There's these massive implications, right? I mean, you don't, you're not really just kicking one person. You're kicking the whole country. I mean, and, and it's not just it's not confined to your town. It's not confined to your state. It's not confined to the United States. Everything's global, right? So everybody everywhere is is facing this challenge of what's our identity and how do we want to be out here in the world? You know, I'm I'm looking at <clears throat> I'm looking at all the things that I that I have intention for and plans for in my life 
in what it is I'm doing and what it is I want to continue doing and doing on a bigger and broader scale. And, and it's about, it's about authentic health. It's about authentic well-being. It's about helping build a life that's full, helping people blueprint their life and really become substantial in their life, in their world. And, and I look at that and I think, okay. And I have to, I have to hold, you know, Katie bar the door. I have to hold all the negativity at bay. Because you can turn on the television or you can go and talk to people who have been watching and listening to the news and reading various news outlets, and they are really negative and defeated, and they believe America's dead and it's over, and and I, I just cannot, I cannot do that. I refuse to participate in that kind of thinking. I can't breathe if that's what I believe, because I'm still an optimist. I still believe... You know, we're, we're in a process of a shift and the pendulum swings back and forth and America is still strong and durable and we will prevail. We're Americans. We will prevail across the globe because we're human beings and we want our life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness, even though that's only really promised to us to be upheld here in the United States of America by our national government. Well, I've been thinking a lot about that because I'm in a situation right now where I've got some people who have an authority over me and they really are playing God with my life. And so I've had to think about that a lot because it's impacting me daily. And so as I think about it, I think, what is it? Well, it's going to go back to one core factor, people being unhappy in their own skin. You don't, you don't lash out and need to be um, aggressive. You don't need to lash out and be divisive or mean-spirited or unkind towards another unless you're already that way towards yourself and you're feeling it very, very personally. Then, So, you know, on, on the greatest, grandest level, when you think about the people who are being named in the news for being responsible for what's happened to the world, how happy do any of those people appear? I think when your happiness is absent, when your happiness is absent, you're furious and angry about it, and you don't know how to find it. You know, you and I know this from the work that we do. If you, you know, you get what you focus on, so you have to be really careful what you focus on. And if you're, if if you've come up in the world and 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 it was hard, and you're angry about it, well, then you're going to lead an angry life. If you've come up in the world and it was hard, but you really want the goodness of it, then you'll have a le- you'll have a life of goodness, and you know it'll be a different experience for you. People don't necessarily buy that or believe that, unfortunately. I don't know. I don't know. I really don't because I think that there's there's so many pockets of people that it's really hard to tell. I mean, how do you, how, how do you, how is it that you measure if people are happy or unhappy? Okay. Well, we could look at how freaked out people are that reported to their physicians. And we can look at the incidence of requested prescriptions for anti-anxiety and antidepressant medication. But once people are on the medication, are they happy? I don't know. So we could look at that measure. We could look at the rate of suicides and say, well, those people must have been happy at some point and the discrepancy between where they are in that moment and where happiness is, it seems helpless and out of reach. So I don't know. What about people who they seem happy, but nobody knows how much they're drinking or self-medicating either legally or illegally, you know, or they're they're sex addicts or they're shopaholics or, you know, some other edithons, whatever it is that people do. 
So do I believe that, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it is when people make proclamations that, you know, everybody is a certain way. Cause I think to myself, actually, I don't know how we can possibly think that we can measure that. And then we came on here talking about people are hiding, you know? So I'm happy at the core. I have people who will ask me, are you always happy? Are you always this happy? <laughs> and I, and I laugh and I say, you know, my core, I was, I was introduced to the world, happy, you know, welcomed, loved, taken care of, nurtured, all that. So I started out with that baseline criteria being met. That sets up a good foundation, but I'm a full spectrum human being. So I swing the whole gamut. There are times when I'm massively happy. I'm a little bit happy. There's times when I'm crying. I'm very sad. I'm very concerned. You know, there's all kinds of things. So I don't know. I think it's a pendulum. Peace. Love. Ambiance. Sensual experience. Good vibes between people. Music. It's a vibe. No, happiness, I think Voltaire in the 1400s said it's really clearly. Vol- Voltaire, old philosopher, said paradise is where you are. And so paradise is within you. So wherever it is that you are, you know, there are people, you and I both know this, there are people who save up for their vacation they're going to Hawaii for two weeks. I can't wait. And they're getting everything ready. And then they're crabby about their outfits and about the luggage and about the house and how they leave in it and what's going to happen. And then they got to get to the airport and that, 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 and the flight may be okay, maybe not okay. <clears throat> they get there. They're aggravated with the room. They're aggravated with the scenery. They're aggravated with the food. They're, you know, and it's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I, by the way, I've traveled with some of those people, both professionally and personally, and they drive me nuts. I mean, I I literally was on one of the most beautiful golf courses in the world in Hawaii, and the person I was on the golf course with, I mean, they were like swearing up a storm. They were cursing. They didn't like how they were playing. They didn't like the course. They didn't like the people on the course. They didn't like the wind. And, I, and I'm standing there going, this is paradise. <laughs> what are you doing? Look, look, turn your head from left to right and turn around. Look at how gorgeous it is. And we are affording to be here. What are you crying and gritching about? Stop. Um, sustained, it depends on how you define sustained. There are certainly interruptions to every mood. Well, neuroscience and brain studies tell us that everything fluctuates. You know, if you, if you look at the great research of heart math and mind-heart synchrony, you, you see that with every emotion that we're having, you know, and then you had the gut reaction, the intuitive, unconscious, subconscious gut reaction to things. We're triggering all the time emotions and then thoughts and releasing neurotransmitters. So the secret to life, I mean, there's many secrets to life, but one of the big secrets to life, right, is we really need to practice and habitually practice what we do with our mind. How we allow thoughts to happen in our mind. It's essential. Uh, No, I don't think that that's necessarily accurate because there are people in their own home living alone or living with one person or within a, a family unit. And, you know, it, they might as well be exposed to the whole universe. I don't, I don't think that that's the contingency. I don't think that's the intervening variable. The universe is not the intervening variable. What you're doing in here is the intervening variable. 
Oh, yeah, it depends on, but anything can. If you don't bring any of it in, it can affect your attitude, and it depends on how you bring it in and what you bring in, and by the way, what your perception is of what it is that you bring in, right? (laughs) Well... You know, we can say that to people, but people people get very lost in that. And 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 what are you talking about when you're talking about choice? So if somebody says, "Oh, okay, fine, I'm going to choose to be happy today," and then they look at you and you know, like flip you off or something, you know, like forget you and be happy today. You know, people. I, here's what I think: one of my biggest concerns about humanity and humankind is. That on the topic of happiness and well-being for us as human beings, we are in this interesting position of when do people start learning the good stuff? Where is it that people are learning the good stuff? In my world, we need to start in utero with those moms and dads having goodness and happiness and thinking about that little life that they're creating and how they want that that little seedling to grow into the baby that's going to come out into the world. And then from the from the moment that that baby comes out, we need to start with every bit of nurturing and teaching that baby about its body and its mind and its spirit. And there's no such thing as a as a human life that's too too early or too late to talk to and to educate and to have experienced things, all kinds of things. Of course. There's all kinds of material that goes into the creation of a human being, right? You know, the energy... The energy of the man and the woman who come together, who do the beautiful act of creation, they're bringing their whole mood into that sacred union. And that absolutely influences what you're going to create. And then everything about what that woman is experiencing during the time that she's just dating that, that little being is going to influence it and how how she's interacting and reacting to her mate who she shared that planting with. That's going to influence everything. Everything influences everything. There's nothing <clears throat> there's nothing that isn't under the influence. How's that? That puts an awful lot of responsibility on a person because sometimes choices choices are are put upon people. Um, there's forces, right? There's, um, you know, we don't choose to be in the in the path of the tsunami or the earthquake or the tornado or the windstorm or the ice storm. There are things that happen in nature. We don't choose to put ourselves in the in, in harm's way like the people in Boulder, Colorado yesterday, shooting. You know, a friend of mine is out there. She was right smack in the middle of it, you know, sitting in the restaurant, and all of a sudden, you know, <laughs> bullhorns are announcing everybody in the restaurant has to go into the basement of the restaurant. The basement? Maybe they have mice down there. There's no windows. Nobody chooses that. So, you know, in in a situation where there's catastrophe to ask somebody what their happiness factor is, it it has left the premises for that moment. Now, they might be, they might be glad that they're 
alive, but they're not glad, they're not happy. There's a very scary umbrella hanging over them that's making them uncomfortable. But but isn't that the beauty of the human experience? Is it's not it's not static. It's ever changing. Always. People say, Oh, I can't stand change, I don't like change. What are you kidding me? <laughs> You're changing every three minutes. I love your interview style. <laughs> yeah, I love the terms adaptable, um, resilient. Um, Susan Kobasa came up with the term hardiness. Yeah, I, I, all of those terms are about your durability and your ability to pivot, to, to glide, to float through, and to have things be okay. Say that again. Say a little more. But I think about that all the time. Because there's things that I work on constantly to have become... And I'm doing a portion of it, but I'm not fully realized at this point in my life. The work that I do, the the work that I do, and the results that I see people getting is a is a a, a direct result of the influence that they allow me to have with the things that I introduce them to. Rejection of what? I don't look at it as rejection. <laughs> you know, when <laughs> when you have as much training as we do, we get accused all the time of playing mind games, right? And early on in my career, people would say, oh, I hate, I hate people who do what you do. You're also, you know, psychologists and psychiatrists. All you do is play mind games. And I was like, no, no, I don't. I promise I swear to God. Now, for decades, I say, I do. That's what life is all about. It is all about playing games in your mind. But mine are all healthy. For benefit for all and harm to none. So, you know, the the idea is play the mind games. Yes, absolutely. What do people say? It's a lot to wrap your brain around and your heart around. I don't feel rejection of my service to people as being a rejection of me. People get scared. They get um they get scared, you know, they get afraid of themselves. And so it's not a rejection of me, it's a rejection of them. I just try to help them through it. Mm-hmm. 
You know, it's so interesting that you ask that. No, I don't think it is about a thick skin. What I think it is about is I think that it is about really being in coherence in your mind and your heart. I mean, there there are times, you know, look, I'm here to to educate and to guide people and to introduce them and practice with them habits that I know are going to be really helpful for them. When I when I allow myself to get dinged by them, then I'm going to be in trouble. And by the way, there are times when with people, it's so sad. I'm crying too. I, okay. You know, I'm an emotional being and I, and I can share in that. I'm not any less effective. I am... I am being very compassionate and and sympathetic and understanding during that time. And there are times when I am very, you know, able to sit through it and and um, you know be really, really, really just kind of witnessing what's happening there. But you know, when people say thick skin. Um, I know I know what you mean, but there's an implication in it that makes it sound as though we become impenetrable. And I don't ever want to be impenetrable. I want to be I want to be there experiencing something so that I know some other element of how the other feels. And um, I think that's when some really beautiful things take place. Yeah, right. Right. Mhm. I agree. I mean, when I'm listening to people, No, it's about introductions. You know, it's it, it's really it, yeah, yeah. I oh, now I'm I'm there with you, a hundred percent. Do you give Grailis? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Give them the little eight-pack, the basic colors. <laughs> right. I have, um, I've, I've been having an interesting experience the last couple of years, and it, and it comes in waves, and there's a little bit of a wave right now of people who are coming back to me saying, you know, you, you really, I'm thinking about you from, like, back over yonder, and I'm coming back here to tell you, I, I want to come back in here. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right. Why not? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the thing that that I I feel um, excited about are the ways in which I'm seeing family and and communities come together, valuing family. And I'm and I'm looking at now. It's just in the pockets that I'm paying attention to. So I'm not talking nationally or globally. But I like it when I see that. I like it when I see that when people are frustrated out here in the world and they've, you know, left home, they they visit often and understand that there's an appreciable experience to have there. Um, 
and and I and I like seeing generations of people in a in a family be together and understand that there's wisdom to be shared and passed back and forth across the generations. And I and I also I really do think that it's been in everything there is an opportunity and and the the opportunity that there is for people to um think and feel this whole last year and a half it's good mm. yep yep Oh. Mm. Yeah, they have. No matter when in history, 
no matter when in history, you can look at any slice of life at any point in time and see the challenges that people were up against, you know. You can talk about, oh, it was a simpler, easier time. Eh, not so much. Not so much. Life is a full throttle experience. It's a full spectrum experience. We've got all the capability for all these emotions and all these physical reactions to emotions. So it just shifts. Absolutely. Yes. I don't buy that for a second. Well, we're down to the last couple minutes. What do we want to say to our audience? Bye-bye. All right. All right. Absolutely. This is this is your host and host, Dr. Deb Carlin and Sir Richard Flint saying, until next time, be kind, be loving, and seek out that harmony. Be happy. All right. Hang with me for a second here. <laughs> 